Jesus, like, it's just a fun game. It's like Minecraft for adults. <laughs> With lots of dick. Dick everywhere. Dean. Carl. Willkommen into week eight of Codename Chicken. I gave up on the German almost instantly. Willkommen of Codenamen Hun. Codename Hun. Codename Hun. That's Codename Chicken in German. What? Yeah, why are we doing pig German? Because we can't speak German. Okay. And. A... Yeah. And I'm in Germany at the moment. I'm in Cologne. Live from a secret location in... Are you going to uh, bring me back some aftershave? Cologne from Cologne? Yeah. Uh, yeah, why not? Yeah, it's either that or them, or them fancy beers that you like. Oh, uh, yeah, I do like those. <laughs> and speaking of, this is actually kind of... God damn it. I, I thought that when I did this, we would have the soundboard and be able to do like the... <laughs> but um, I am... At this moment, opening. Oh, oh, this is awkward. I'm trying to do it in front of the microphone. This makes this makes a great podcast. Oh, oh, what was that? That was a sound. That is a fresh bottle of Rochefort Ten from my fridge. Oh, it's my absolute favourite, and I'm gonna. Oh, oh, pouring it into a glass. <laughs> oh yeah. Can't drink it from a bottle. It's fucking sacrilege, mate. Oh. So that was my orgasmic sound. Uh, I'm gonna have to order some of this. For the first, uh, the first week in quite a few weeks, I've actually opened my beverage on microphone. Hey. And it's a, it's a doozy. Now I'm standing in an Airbnb, and th- this Airbnb, for whatever reason has everything in the world apart from a bottle opener. Oh, do you have a lighter? Well, no. Um, I'll tell you what I have got. Let me open this bottle. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's hard to do it with one hand. Now, is that an old MacBook charger? Or is that your... <coughs> I, I can't new, do it. I can't do it. One. I can do it perfectly normally. There we go. There we go. This is my new MacBook charger. Oh, great. Just use it to open bottles. So, yeah, the, a little pro tip. Um, I'm left-handed, so I should have really held it with my other hand and clicked it with this hand. Um, the MacBook charger, which I'm holding up to my webcam because for the first week, Carl can see me because I've got my webcam on. We don't normally do this. It, my housemate has a webcam. I just forgot about that. <laughs> Use that. Oh, it would have been like visual and interactive and shit. Um, but yeah, yeah, the MacBook charger, if you take the plug bit out, it's got this little metal prong and it works perfect as a portable bottle opener. So yeah, like a £4,000 computer I use as a bottle opener and a portable battery when I'm traveling. So Great. let's do the comparisons. I've got a Rochefort 10, which is a Belgian beer made by a group of around 15 monks. Um they take the water from a well in their abbey and they make this stuff that ends up being 11% and is, um, well, just, it's like God's piss. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's chocolatey, it's licorice it's very dark. You can hold it up to the light and never see through it. 
I always say it's like drinking a tree, and I maintain that. It's great. What you got there? I can see it's golden. It's golden. So this is a Kolsch, which is a beer brewed in Cologne, Germany. Can you hold that up for me, please? Let's hold it up. It's uh, by a brand called Scion. Scion Kolsch. But there's lots of different places that make Kolsch. Yeah, so Kolsch is like the local beer of Cologne. It's a local type of drink. Um, according to Wikipedia, it's a clear top. It's a clear top fermented beer with a bright straw yellow hue, um, similar to other beers brewed from mainly Pilsner malt. It's a warm. Mm. It's warm fermented at around thirteen to twenty-one degrees by Georgian monks, and then something about well water and licorice and chocolate and trees. It's it's pretty good. Oh. Okay, I just made that last bit up, but um, it's a pretty good little beer. It's very cheap, very drinkable, and yeah, this this one is not very cheap. <laughs> no, no, not especially because it's like handmade by by the monks. Well, it's weird because um, here in the only bar I've managed to find it in here, it's uh, I think something like five pound ninety for the single bottle, or if you want a pint of it, it's somewhere in the region of thirteen to fourteen pounds. Pints, they, well, they do it on draft. No, they open two bottles <laughs> um, <laughs> and charge you a little bit extra for some reason. Uh, but my housemate went to Belgium where you can just buy it in supermarkets for two and a half euros each. So, great. But yeah, now I have, well, I did have some. I went a bit silly on it the other night and drank quite a few of my little stockpile. I then had an asthma attack. So that's where I am at in my life right now. So apart from being drunk, what caused your asthma attack? (laughs) Well, I was playing a game called Rust. Uh, It's one of these games I'm not super into normally, right? It's uh, first person, survive them up. Uh, You're a naked man, prominently naked man or woman on an island and... uh, Similar to Minecraft, you punch some trees and and uh, get, make an axe, and then punch trees get wood. Punch trees get wood. Uh, get wood, make axe, make axe, break rocks. You know, carry on, build a house. Um, so me and my buddy buddies uh, played it heavily uh, Monday night, just like nonstop for somewhere in the region of like fifteen hours, I think. But yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, it's old network. I say it's old. It's still not actually out. Is Rust the one that's made by the creator of Gary's Mod? Uh, Face Punch, yes. Face Punch Studios. This is what he's called it. Okay. I, I really should. A... I really should buy it because it's one of the games that I don't actually own on Steam. It's currently about fifteen pounds. Um, it is still in early access, and it's still alpha. Uh, which kind of shows at some points. Like, we spent a long time building this big fortress to keep people out, but it turns out killer bears can just, like, phase through the walls. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they can spawn underneath your house and attack you through the floor, which is kind of fun, I guess. Okay, it's actually on sale at the moment. It's like 10... U- uh, I'm getting the euro price because I'm not in the UK, so that's 10 euros, so about £15. Pounds. Probably. Is the pound that bad at the moment? <laughs> no, it's not. I, I think it's about eight, no. eight pounds, seven pound, maybe. So, well, I missed that because I bought it for fifteen pounds the other day. <laughs> oh, fuck that! Get a refund. 
I should have waited. No, I played more than two hours. Ah, oh, never mind. So, um, yeah, no, it sounds pretty good. I might uh, join you in that game. Yes. And, oh, shit, you can buy items from the shop, like guns for €9.50. Uh, they're only skins. I wouldn't worry about Oh, they're skins. Okay. Yeah, yeah. originally I saw it had workshop support, uh, Steam workshop support, so I thought I'd be able to just like download mods for it to put mods on client side like maybe only i could see them but uh you know it would be nice to have like a pink gun or something it turns out those are they are workshop items that people have made them but then rust sells them similar to the way valve does with hats in team fortress and counter-strike okay which is a pretty sweet business model although does this game really need to be getting more money if it's in early access isn't that the point oh uh, i don't know it's it's one in this is a type of game where, it's like Minecraft, it's never finished. It never reaches a final 1.0. It's always under development. It's always having more content yeah, added. And we're not even at like the point nine or point eight or point seven stage yet. This is alpha, and it feels kind of like an early alpha too. Yeah, or well, alpha normally means it's not feature complete and it's buggy. Is 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 buggy? I'll give it that. Mm. Beta traditionally means it's pretty much feature. You know, it's like ninety five percent feature complete, and it's just polishing up, getting ready for a, a main release. Mm. So yeah, it kind of makes sense. It's in alpha because it's still having stuff added. It's still under development essentially. It's, yeah. So um, when you think of it like that, in software development terms. So we just got into a point. Um, in our base that we're making, we just got onto a point where we've started building automated quarries, which is pretty sweet. Um, with giant mining machines all over the place. I, re- rock I, I remember you done some of this crazy shit in the Tekkit mod of Minecraft. Yeah, we did. Uh, I joined. We... I remember joining your server and using Tekkit for the first time. I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" It's like different ores everywhere like all these different colors i wasn't used to and then all these pipes and valves and all kinds of shit going around everywhere and i was so baffled so i just yeah, so tech it was great and i kind of <laughs> wish we had something like tech it for rust um because tech it in minecraft essentially allows you to automate everything if you put the work in to do it like the stuff involved was very difficult to craft to begin with and in the early days of Tekkit, there was something called Equivalent Exchange, which was very, very powerful. Like, you could drop a diamond in a box, for instance, and get somewhere in the region of, like, 30,000 cobblestone or something. So you could just keep turning materials into other materials and, you know, whatever else. But, it let, yeah, it let you build, like, automated sorting systems, uh, mining systems. You could have, for instance, in our base, we had, a like, a... a chest where you just dump anything in there and it will sort it all out and send it to the correct chests and stuff it was a lot of fun we used it to build a um giant hollow moon (laughs) and it turns out that when you have a big hollow space in minecraft and don't have any lights in there that's where monsters spawn and uh we went up there knocked open a couple of blocks and went inside and then the server crashed forever oh minecraft (laughs) Because there were like a million creepers inside and they all blew up at the same time. <laughs> the server couldn't deal with it. That sounds about right. But yeah, I kind of want to play that again. I think it's that feeling that's making me go into Rust as well as the sort of PvP element. Um, 
because this is a game where your character is very vulnerable. Excuse me. Ooh, a bit gassy from that rush fall. Uh, yeah, so when you log out, your character just goes to sleep and lands on the floor. And uh, if you're in a server, you're always in a server. You know what I mean? Okay. So anything you've got on you is up for grabs. Um, you can just be murdered. You can be robbed. Like, which is why you build a base, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I've been doing. It's a you know, it's a pretty fun game. I recommend it if you're tolerant, tolerant, uh, tolerant of uh, its bugs and its foibles. Um, yeah, give it a go. Apparently, it's about ten pounds now. Yeah, I'll give it a go and I'll join you and see what the hell it's about. Cool. Um, yeah, we've got like automated turrets and everything now. It's pretty fun. Cool. So I can sleep in your forts without you dying. You have to survive the gauntlet first. The what? You have, to get in, you have to get in there and get past all the turrets. And if you survive, then you can stay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is there a secret passage that, or like a, an optimal passage that you, you're aware of? No, it's kind of like the Jurassic Park gates. <laughs> Just open it and go for it. Hope you don't get destroyed by dinos. Cool, I'll be the Jeff Goldblum of your Rust server. <laughs> I'm Jeff Goldblum. Oh, they can be two Jeff, Jeff Goldblums. You can be Sam Beckett. Um, okay, I'll take no, that. No, Sam Beckett Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Why <laughs> comes I can remember the dumb name we made up for him, but I can't remember his actual name in the film. <laughs> Sam, Sam Beckett. Sam, Sam O'Neill, that's the guy. Sam O'Neill, Sam Beckett, Neil. Um, I'll, be, I'll be Sam Beckett, um, quantum leaped into the body of Sam O'Neill. Dr. Alan Grant. Dr. Alan Grant. I did not Google that. I did. So I'll be Sam Beckett, Quantum Leaps into the body of Sam O'Neill, who's currently portraying Dr. Alan Grant. Yeah, okay, that's mm. a lot of Inception, but I can do that. Yeah, and even that is still not as good as Jeff Goldblum. No, you're right. Enough. You know what, I've just, uh, mm-hmm. I've just had a rebellious fault. I am 28 years of age. Mm-hmm. I don't need to um, follow the rules of the Advent calendar. Oh, don't break the sacred rules. Carl, what are you doing? Oh, this one's got a little Mars bar in oh, it. Oh, fuck. Open the big one. For fuck's sake, Carl, don't open the big one. Don't go straight for the big one. At least open them in order. Open 24. Oh, you... Oh. It's got the smallest Mars bar I've ever seen in it. It's not even... like It's smaller than those ones you give out at Halloween. <laughs> oh, you've broken the sacred oath of Advent. Oh, I've fucked it. Do you know what today is? Do, do you know what today is? Today is uh, Tuesday the 6th of December. No, it's uh, St. Nicholas Day, in Germany at least. Okay, what does that mean? It means I get free chocolate. I've got a store. Oh, St. Nick, he's Santa. Yeah, I get a little chocolate thing. So basically it's the day when St. Nicholas comes to check see if boys or girls have been good throughout the year. Um, oh. It's a... German tradition, I think, that you leave your shoe a shoe outside the house, and then if you're good, you get sweets put in it, and if you're bad, you get a stick put in it. Did you leave a shoe out and get a little chocolate Santa? You <laughs> pretty much, yeah. So I got this little chocolate Santa um, waiting for me when I went into the office today. So that was pretty cool. Dude, when I used to go to Amsterdam a lot, um, I used to stay in a hotel called Sint, 
since Nikolaos. The, the double A at the end. I don't know if that's anything to do with that. Nikolaos, Nikolaos. It only, it only really hit me when I heard German people say Nikolaos. That um, Klaus is like Santa Claus, Santa Claus, which turns into Santa Claus. Santa Claus. So Nikolaos, Nikolaos turns into Klaus, which turns into Claus, which turns into Santa Claus. So, yeah, basically Jesus was a complete lie. Aber ein auf Santa Claus. I don't know what that means, but okay. Mein Handy. Dusseldorf. I'm near, I'm near Dusseldorf. I might, I might go to Dusseldorf next weekend. Colonia. Oh. That's, that was bad. Yeah, I'm in Cologne at the moment. But um, now I might go to Dusseldorf on the train, but that's another story. Okay. Um, For another day. So, what are you doing out in Germany, you, you world hopper? You? I know that you're doing Germany at the moment, and then before our trip to Japan, you're buggering off to, like, China? <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm in Germany for the next two weeks. Um, I have like a little working relationship with a company called Adblock Plus. Uh, just yeah, drop that in. <clears throat> name drop. Drop that in. It's it's um, yeah, they're, they're a really cool company. So I come, I've come to work in their office for the next two weeks and join in their Christmas festivities. Um, they bring all they bring basically all their team together for for a week for next week from all around the world to come have a party in Germany. So uh, I'm going to take part in that. Um, and, yeah, I know quite a few people who work there. Like, we're good friends because I've been out here for about four t- It's my fourth time now in Cologne uh, meeting the team. So, okay. um, yeah, just doing a little bit of work, a, bit, a little bit of play, and ex- a little bit of tourism as well, just exploring bits of Germany I've never been to. Can you bring me back some uh, lederhosen? Is that what that's called? That's the uh, the, th- the funky green suit with the, the short shorts. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, with the low low cut thing to to your your breasts are hanging out. Yeah, okay, yeah, I can get you. Yeah, I want to wear that. You look great I in that. Wear that in the private times. You look pretty great in that. Yeah, I'm going to wear it in the night times, and uh, that's about all you need to know about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, talking of Carl in sexy lingerie. Um, the Last of Us Two was announced a few days ago. Yeah, I'm. That was your worst one yet, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Does, doesn't even get a chuckle with that one. No, no. I apologise. Sometimes, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. We've got an experiment. Yeah. So the Last of Us Two. Um, the Last of Us Part uh, Two. Part, part two, two. Which means the Last yeah. of Us is now the Last of Us Part One, retrospectively, I guess. There have been some wild theories flying around about this. I haven't actually heard any of the theories. Um, Do you want to hear a theory? Go for it. So, in you've seen the trailer? Mm, yep. In the trailer, slightly older Ellie, who was one of the protagonists from uh, the original game, mm-hmm. is sat on a bed tuning a guitar. She looks to be maybe, I don't know, like two or three years older, considering she was a child last time. I guess she looks like sort of early teens now. And you can see the back of someone, like the back someone's back is to the camera and there's a body on the floor in front of her. And Naughty Dog have said that Ellie is the main character this time around. Mm. I think Joel's a dead man. Ah, so a Joel-like character comes into the scene at the end and like says something to her that I can't remember. So are you saying that 
I think he's dead. That's... I think she's playing a little song over his body. And that's... Cause she's like, I'm going to get them or whatever. And that's like a little figment of his imagination. Her, her imagination. Just... Yeah, I think he's a dead man. Just, um, what, what if he's a ghost? And like, I mean, I'm into that. And he's your ghostly companion that just follows you around and you can call on to him and enter into the spirit world. What, like in Beyond Two Souls? Yeah, exactly like Beyond Two Souls. With the character that looks a lot like this one. Yeah, with the actual Ellen Page, not the fake Ellie-looking Ellen Page. I can't believe that that actually happened, right? So <laughs> the, the original Last of Us had a character that looked like Ellen Page. Uh, David Cage of Quantic Dream was making a game called Beyond Two Souls with actual Ellen Page. And she looked a bit too much like the one from The Last of Us or something. And so there was... Or was it the other way around? No, no. Uh, Quantic Dream was Ellen Ellen Page. Yeah, I think what it was... I've got it confused. I think what it was was... Yeah, Quantic Dream had Ellie, uh, Ellen Page. Uh, the guys at Naughty Dog had a character that looked a lot like... What are you doing? Killing Santa. <laughs> oh! Chocolate time. Mind out for his goats, wouldn't you? <laughs> Not Goat Santa, Chocolate Santa. Goat Santa is is Uber Santa. Goat Santa Uber Alice. Above all, I think that means. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I think there was uh, legal trouble because uh, David... I can't remember which way around it was. One of them looked too much like the other one, even though one of them was real. Fuck knows. Both good games, though. Yeah, both good games. It was quite surprising because they're both first party or second party Sony developers yeah I think uh, Quantic Dream is one of those ones that Sony likes to pull out of the pocket every now and then um, they're not quite as big I would say as Naughty Dog for Sony considering mm. Naughty Dog pumps out what four what is the fifth one coming now Uncharted games uh, two Last of Us games now a bunch of Crash Bandicoots Racket and Clanch, uh, I think it was it Racket and Clanch? Racket and Clanch. Racket, yeah. racket, racket, racket and Clamp? No, you got it. I'm pretty sure it's Racket and Clanch. Clanch. Uh, racket and Clanch two to the moon. Saying Clanch racket. out loud, it doesn't out loud, it doesn't sound like a real word. Racket Clanch. That's because it's Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> ratchet and Clank. I knew it didn't sound right, but I knew it sounded kind of racket in the Racket and Clanch. <laughs> <laughs> Racket and Clanch free to the spelling classroom. <laughs> Racket and Clanch. What the, what the hell have I been smoking? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think Naughty Dog have made it more for Sony than uh, Cornic Dream have, considering Cornic Dream was um, they did that good one about the murder. Um, Heavy rain. I really enjoyed that. No, long before that. Uh, oh, um, something else. Uh, Indigo prophecy. It had different names based on where you were in the world. I think Indigo Prophecy was R1. But yeah, Indigo Prophecy, Heavy Rain, uh, Beyond Two Souls, the new one, Detroit Become Human is out next year, I think, 2017, which is a little bit exciting. Because I really like the Quantic Dream games. I know they don't critically do very well, but like Heavy Rain and Beyond were really good games for me and I'm trying to keep talking because I can see that you're eating Santa yeah I've got <laughs> I've got a mouthful of St. Nicholas oh. St. Nicholas 
um, in my mouth. Life is my fetish. It is mine. It is mine too. So yeah, I really like concert dream games. They're just so unique and different and fully story driven. Fully story driven. So I always describe um, Heavy Rain as the best movie I've ever played. Yeah, I remember <laughs> when I got it. Um, I my mum when I lived with her. Um, didn't like me playing games in the front room because like she wanted to watch Jeremy Kyle or something. Um, but I was she came in and I was about a half hour into Heavy Rain. Mm. I just got it, and she sat down and sat sat there and watched me play through the whole thing in one sitting because she just kept she wanted to find out what was going to happen next, what was going to happen next, and she agreed with me that the ending was bullshit. But um. She also picked up on some of the sort of funnier bits that I didn't think she'd pick up on. Like walking around going, Jason! 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 (laughs) And for a few days around the house, we were going, Jason! Jason! It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun shouting the name of the son that you had that got run over tragically in a car crash. Yeah. (laughs) Press it. Press. I just like how like every bus on on your remote on because that's like the X triangle square circle thing on on the uh, on on screen, and then every button just has Jason next to it. So it's like you know, press X to Jason, press square to Jason. Yeah, I guess if you haven't played it, like the sort of uh, mechanic system was that like your character would walk around and as it neared objects, a sort of fault bubble would appear beside his head and it would give you like different buttons to press to do different actions or faults with this with whatever item you're near and so in this section the guy is walking through a shopping centre looking for his son and every option is Jason mm-hmm. um, and then it cuts down to one option which is press X to Jason and thus a meme was born fucking memes it's, it's, it was really amazing because it really f- it done some really clever like game design things to make you feel stressed. Like, it yeah, it did a lot of stuff like uh, shaking, inhibiting your path, and making it hard to control and stuff. So you couldn't actually like, because if I had, say, if I had my mouse and keyboard, I'm pretty confident without all those stupid effects, I could just bolt through the crowd and get to Jason and be fine. <laughs> game over. <laughs> or get in, a, get in a console, turn on God mode, run over. <laughs> but no, yeah, it does a lot of things that make you feel. I think that's the whole game too in Heavy Rain is that it makes you it tells a story yeah but I think it's meant to be making you feel things tell you what my heart was racing um, completely spoil it for people because fuck it it's a 10 year old game now <clears throat> my heart is it really probably um, round about that my, my heart was racing when you're trapped in this room I think it's some sort of like webcam or microphone on you, and then you've got to decide whether you, to chop your arm off. Your finger. Uh, oh, sorry, chop your finger off, or... Let your kid die. Oh, let your kid die, yeah. Uh, that, that, yeah. I was trying to think what the other options. Yeah, let your other kid die, who's the surviving Jason. Or the Jason Jr., or whatever his name was. Jason Jr.? Yeah, let's say Jason Jr. Jason, uh, yeah, no one cares about the second son, because he didn't have like a button next to his name, you know, press X to Freddy, or whatever. Yeah, because to be clear, this is a game about a man who lost his son in a in a, in a shopping centre, and subsequently that son got run over outside and died. And then his and then second son is, gets kidnapped. Gets kidnapped, but no one can ever remember his name because Jason is the meme. 
So, so yeah, you, you're trapped in this room. Freddy. Freddy, yeah. Or whatever his name was. So uh, you're trapped in this room. Oh, shit. <clears throat> what? Freddy and Jason. <laughs> was that his real name, Freddy? I think it's Freddy. Because I guessed that. No, it's just... We're going to have to Google it anyway. Um, yeah, I've got my phone in my hand. Carry on. Yeah, so you're trapped in this room and someone's got Freddy. It's like, I'm going to kill him unless you chop off your finger. And it's just so stressful. Like You've got to look around and look what implement you're going to use. You know, you're going to use the cleaver. Are you going to use slamming the door? Or are you going to do another thing? I can't remember. Um, it's Sean. Sean. That's it, Sean. Um, so, yeah, I just remember that was just feeling really stressful. Like, the controller was, like, beating with your heart and your heart pace went higher. So the controller started vibrating even more. As you was gonna, yeah, is, uh, as you as you just bring the, I used the cleaver to cleave my finger off. What do you remember? What you done to chop your finger off? Uh, I think I, I'm pretty sure I cut it off with a kitchen knife because I spent way too long examining the apartment trying to find like a like the best option, and I ended up <laughs> cutting it off with a kitchen knife and then heating the end up with a bit of metal, like cauterizing the wound. I think. I think that's what happened. Yeah, I played it a few times now. This is why I like the Quantic Dream games, and especially ones that David Cage helms up, because you're not getting this experience in any other game, right? Like, the critics will bash these games like, oh, it's a big story-driven mess, and mechanically it's a bit awkward. And I mean, yeah, mechanically it is awkward. They're, they're not, like, the easiest to play games. Oh, there, and, you, there you go. I've, I've just Googled it. So... Uh, to chop off your finger, you can either use a butcher's knife or a saw or a hatchet or scissors or pliers. Or, um, yeah, there's a lot of options. And there's a piece of wood that you can put in your mouth, so that reduces the pain. I think I might have done that. And it's disinfe- there a- there's disinfectant, which you can put in your finger before, so it doesn't get infected, apparently. There's whiskey that can daze yourself and reduce the pain. I think I used a whiskey thinking about it. I think I went in dry, as it were, <laughs> and just cut it off, and then... That's your style. I'm- just... I'm sure I yeah. I'm sure I heated up a bit of metal and stuck it on the end of my finger. You can yeah. You do that to. Uh, I don't know if that's part of the. It's like an old knife or like a butter knife or something that I Heat... melted the wound with. Heated steel wads used to. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. But yeah, you, uh, each situation this game puts you in. There's normally in a game like this there'll be like you know two or three choices if that. But in this one, as Dean just pointed out, there's a ton of different combination of choices that you could have had. And these will affect the rest of the game. Like that one, it's hard to see why they would. But other choices in the game, they will affect the rest of the game. And I love this this style of game. Like it's not you're not getting this everywhere else. It's a story driven game, which I love. It's mechanically different and sort of awkward, which I quite like. It's not just a standard like fucking press X to pay respects or you know run and gun bullshit. Like it's. It's different. They're making something that no one else is making. It gets you thinking, and it's one in very rare games where your actual choices affects the overall outcome of the game. Yeah, normally it gives you the feeling of affecting a story when you make a choice, and and generally you get like one or two different outcomes. So you can get a good ending or a bad ending. In Heavy Rain, you can straight up get an ending that isn't the correct one. Like, not... Um, not like an. Uh, that's not an opinion. That's there is a correct ending. Like you found the correct killer, but there's a bunch. You can blame a whole bunch of different people for the killing, and if you're satisfied with that, I guess you walk away. 
I wasn't. I kept playing. I played through about three times before I put it down. Yeah, I had a few different playthroughs, and it's hard playing through it the second time, for me at least, because, you know, when you first play through it, you're, or at least I did, I was making the choices that I thought I would have made in them situations. And, yeah. you know, try to play it as me. And then the second time, I was very conscious, like, oh, I'd done this thing, I, I ordered, you know, I'm doing this thing, I want to do something the opposite of what I would intentionally do. Um, for sure. Yes. I get that. So it's, it's a bit awkward playing for it the second time and just saying, right, my instinct is to do this, but I'm going to do this instead because I've already done this and I know where this path leads down. So um, that's, very, that's my only critique of it. The first playthrough was amazing and I, I loved it. And bringing it back around to The Last of Us, hmm. it was just a perfect story arc for that game. It's introducing these new characters, this new world you've never seen before. And it's a very yeah. good story from beginning to end. And even the ending was like, blew your mind. Like, you know, it wasn't something that you was kind of expecting, I don't think. This yeah. is why I'm not so sure about <clears throat> The Last of Us Part 2, right? Because, as you say, it was you had these two characters, I guess three if you count Tess or whatever her name was. I think it was Tess. The woman who died pretty early on. Spoilers. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, see, two main characters, um, they were written very, very well. They interacted with each other perfectly, like, story-wise. The story was great. The environment was great. And they grew. Gameplay they was... grew as characters. You know, it wasn't the, char- you know, the characters they are in the beginning are not the characters they are at the end. Yeah, and this was, for me... Um, for me, this was one of the first first-party Sony games. Cause, I mean, you can call Naughty Dog a first-party now. They don't develop for anyone else, right? Mm. Um, one of the first first-party Sony games that dealt with, like, adult themes that wasn't a Quantic Dream game. <laughs> because there's, like... Again, spoilers, it's pretty old now. Uh, there was that bit where... I was fully convinced that Ellie was about to get raped by some butcher man. That was kind of disgusting. There's a lot of, like, personal loss and grievance and, like, very adult things going on in that game that you wouldn't necessarily expect from something that Sony has put in front and centre, like, as its big game for that sort of time period, you know? Hmm. Like, you... This is, like, a a mark of... uh, I guess Naughty Dog and Sony sort of growing up and catering towards the older audience. Not like I want to see rapes in games, but, you know, it gets to a point where... Seriously, what other game has had a pedophile in it? Uh, <laughs> even Heavy Rain didn't. I know that much. It had a, a pretty a, a rape scene, called, so, sort of, that sort of freaked me out a little bit. Even... Uh... You know, Grand Theft Auto, which is, you know, that's just all the taboos in one giant game, didn't have... There's no pedos. No, it's, it's all very jovial mobsters and, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, no, it's yeah. it, it just touched on themes that, you know, video games had never really gone to before. And I really respect that. And it was just so unique as a story and as an experience. And, you know, a world inhabited by zombies is such a good setting for a story... Uh, or for films, or for TV shows, and I think the only thing good out at the moment is, you know, The Walking Dead, 
And this was like at a yeah. time when The Walking Dead was like pretty much at its, one of its peaks, or I can't remember, around, you know, when it was, you know, gaining quite a lot of traction. So it kind of fed that. And most zombie things, I mean, I say The Walking Dead is good, and that's in comparison to. Most zombie things. Most zombie things, which are absolute shit and cheesy and not that good. You know, a good zombie film comes around like you know once every ten years, maybe once every eight years. Yeah, I think um, the Last of Us, in my opinion, was Naughty Dog's uh, big sort of growing up game. It was kind of like a big sort of message to the scene, like, yeah, we're here, you know. They don't crash Bandicoot about seven, eight hundred times. Uh, <laughs> they did three times. They only made three. And plus, Crash Team Racing. Don't forget that <coughs> shit. That's four. Um, uh, they did that, and then they did uh, you know a couple of Uncharted games. Three, I think, by the time The Last of Us came out. Yeah, and Rachel and Cl- so, Clunker. Yeah, Rachel and Clunk. Um, and so we, you kind of think that you know what you're going to get from naughty dog you're either going to get like a sort of goofy kind of animal style adventure game or you're going to get like a uh a, a sort of tomb raider-esque game with the appearance of sort of grit on it but it's not really gritty really like uncharted looks cool uncharted is they're... basically indiana jones you know, it's, yeah, it's, like it's got the exact same feeling. It is, yeah. You know, it's got, it's got the, same, the same feeling of, you know, adventure and exploration as an Indiana Jones film has. You know, you go on all these cool things and you've got this, uh, you know, quirky lead character who's full of these one-liners and, you know, mm. it's, it's very, like, fun and jovial. But, yeah, Heavy Rain and is just dark. Yeah, and then The Last of Us comes out and it's just, like, for me, I mean, I've played Uncharted 4. And uh, that's the only big exclusive that I played from this console generation. And that game was nigh on perfect. But uh, The Last of Us still outshines it. And that's a last generation game. And I would rather play that now. You know, that, that sort of thing of like, if you could pick a game over another game. Like, I would yeah. pick uh, The Last of Us from last generation over Uncharted 4 from this generation without question that game was just a perfect just it was all round perfect I mean it may have had those kind of shitty uncharted controls right for the shooting or whatever hmm. aside from that story looks writing uh, even like the little sort of incidental interactions between the characters like everything was perfect and I I've, I worry I worry that maybe Naughty Dog have fallen into the trap of the sort of, you know, the sequel that doesn't really need to happen. Yeah, because the story felt very complete. It didn't, um, I think I said to you on Twitter, like, the game left me wanting more of that world, but not more of them characters. Yeah, the story had ended. It was finished. Yeah, you know, the the story of Joel and Ellie had come to an end. And, you know, I'm happy to not see them characters again in a game. The Last of Us as a world, I'd love to see more stories set in that in that universe. I did play the DLC. Um, left, that was kind of left behind, wasn't it? Was that a prequel? I want to say. Is that what it was called? Uh, it was Ellie and her little friend um, in like a theme park kind of setting. 
Yeah, I uh, think I read the. I didn't play the DLC, but I read the comic. There's like a comic. Prequel. Oh, okay. I could get down on that. That'd be pretty sweet. And I think it's the story of how she found out she was immune. Did she get bitten a bunch of times? I can't remember. I can't. I remember like the main game. I remember feeling that the DLC was like some sort of off-brand extract. Uh, not extraction. Uh, distraction. It didn't feel like the rest of the main game and I wasn't really into it that much but um, like the the sort of core mechanics and sort of driving force behind the main game was very much a piece of me it was very much for me mm. and so hopefully the sequel is good um, it's amazing I felt very protective of Ellie like I really yeah, connected I mean, to her as a character like the whole game is about you know Joel it starts off he his, his daughter dies in his arms um, yeah, and then like ten, fifteen years later, he meets up with Ellie, and he doesn't want her. He doesn't, you know, want to deal with her. But he's got to escort her to some place, and the whole story is about his development of growing attached to her. You know, being fatherly towards her. And I as think, the game went on, I, you know, got attached to her. I really felt what he was feeling in a way. I think that's what he's for, right? Like, I mean, excluding sort of gender stuff because you could get into that. And I don't really want to. I think it does enough of that as it is. Uh, I think as the player, you're supposed to feel like Joel, right? Yeah. You're supposed to, um, even the parts where you play like Ellie, I feel like you're supposed to be sort of doing what Joel would tell her to do. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know. Supposed to be playing safe and stuff. No one wants to be a babysitter of a little bratty kid's NPC who follows you around. Yeah, that's it. Because you, when you get her, it feels like a shitty escort quest from like any other game. Mm. And then they sort of start to bond and like coalesce and and uh, communicate and start working with each other, and it ends up being this unstoppable force of killing, <laughs> <laughs> but also like a pretty solid like father daughter type unit that is. Um... Man, that game fucking tugged at my strings. Yeah, oh, I really want to play it again. I'm tempted. I'm tempted to get it on PS now and. Uh... Me, exactly what I was going to say. I, I, I sometimes get PS now because it's got some games I've never played. And no, I think the PS3 had the best games of the last generation on any platform. Here's why I mean, I've got a bunch of consoles in my front room right now, right? But I don't have a PS3. And I'm thinking of getting one because I can play every Metal Gear game except five on my PS3. Mm hmm. Uh, I can play Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Dark Souls Two. Just for those, that is an insane sort of little library for the console. But this is why I don't. This is why I haven't got PS now until now is because it doesn't have any Metal Gear Solid games on it. It doesn't have Ooh. Demon Souls or Dark Souls or Dark Souls Two. Like. I don't know why it doesn't have those games, especially considering Sony owns the rights to some of them. Like being with Dark Souls and Demon Souls, are they are they games that are too uh, require precision and like frame perfectness that you know the lag of streaming would like ruin it? Essentially, they like to advertise that there isn't much lag, but I I understand that they can't really because it's dependent on sort of independent users' internet. Mm. Capability. Yeah, I think for the majority of games, a small bit of lag isn't a problem. But then for games like Dark Souls, Demon Souls, where it's like so frame perfect, I think that would be. Yeah, here's the thing: when Dark Souls Two came out for PC, my um, 
graphics card actually wasn't up to the task, weirdly. So I got a new one, and like, but when I realised that my old one wasn't up to the task, I waited to play it. I didn't pulse through it on a shitty frame rate. Because they do a very old style of animation where animations are tied to frame timings and, and frame rate. So higher frame rate meant that you get like more invincibility frames when you roll and uh, all kinds of stuff like that. It also turned out that if you played at high frame rate, your weapons deteriorated quicker, which sucked. But um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to try it, but obviously I don't have the chance because they're not on PlayStation now. That sucks. Mm. I do we want to play Demon Souls again though? I want it. I, I really want a PS4. Um, it's coming. It's getting to the time where I think it's time. It's coming. It's. I always said I was going to get a PS4 when they first announced it, because the PS3 just blew my mind with the quality of the games. The PS4 was also the winner of those like announcement rounds. Exactly. Easily. Yeah, you know when it easily when it first you know they announced the PS3. Sorry, they announced the Xbox One and the PS4 together, like you know a few weeks apart or something like that. And yeah. the PS4 was just focused so heavily, almost to a fault, on games, 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 games. Yeah, but Xbox One was focused too much on, like, yeah. you can put your your uh, cable box for your Xbox, and you can... Blah, 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 exactly. it's, it's like, like no games. It's like, hey, you can plug a Kinect in, and here's EA, tell us all about the Madden games that are going to come out every year for the rest of your life. And Where's then all the good games that people want. And look, we turn it into a DVR as well, so you can record live TV. And you've got a Kinect as well, so you can wiggle your arms around and look like an idiot in your front room. And you know, we... and then there was yeah. the famous "It has to be online forever, or else." And yeah, it's got to be <laughs> online and all that, you know, all that junk. And it's just, you know, Sony's focus was on games. And you know, if I'm going to buy something called, you know, if I'm going to buy a games console. A PlayStation. You know, I'm not buying it for all the extras, and uh, the only thing I would like is a Blu-ray player, uh, a 4K Blu-ray player, which I'm disappointed the PS4 Pro doesn't have. Yeah, um, that would have been a good, good uh, uh, bit of thing to add to its arsenal. Did we? Um, did we talk about the Last Guardian this episode? I can't remember. Not yet. No. Well, the Last Guardian is finally out today uh which is again 6th of december 2016 hmm. this is a game that's been in development for nigh on 11 years uh it was supposed to be a playstation game at the very kind of beginning of its life cycle um i actually think japan studio being who they are were one of the first to get a ps3 dev kit when that thing was flying around um and this game has just come out interestingly it seems from all the reviews that this thing doesn't really play very well with a vanilla PS4. <laughs> uh, it does a lot better on the PS4 Pro. Hmm. It was the last time it got delayed was when the PS4 Pro was announced, and its delayed release date was for just after the PS4 Pro came out. Hmm. I wonder. Hmm. Yeah, this is what I don't like. Is this kind of fragmentation in the console world, where they sh- they seem to be combating each other, right? Just sorry to jump in there, but yeah, but this they Xbox, PS, like Microsoft and Sony seem to be constantly fighting this little war with each other, and not to be like one of those like <laughs> master race for they need to be combating PC, just 
that's my opinion on it. Instead of trying to be better than each other, they need to try and be somehow better than PC because it's still in their market share and it has been for a long time. It's growing and growing and growing and they're doing nothing to prevent it. I mean, they say that they think PS4 Pro is going to tempt PC players back. I don't see it. I don't see that in a million years. Also, I don't see Xbox Scorpio doing that. It's not going to happen. I don't see P- uh, PC players really saying, I would buy a console if they were more powerful. Yeah, you know. I would buy a console if it were upgradable, for instance. Like, fully upgradable. Because they'd have to buy a new one every five years. Because let's face it, these, if these console generations continue as they are, they're not going to be... Uh, like the sort of seven, eight years we got out of the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3, they're going to be five-year turnarounds. Tech moves too quickly now. That's why... Even... <clears throat> yeah. Go on, you're saying. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, they've come out with these consoles that um, they like to wave around the term native 4K, right, for these new games. I mean, it's native 4K at the cost of graphic fidelity, just just so they can slap a marketing label on there that says native 4K. Because you and I know, both know like th- these games aren't big, shiny, like we're getting on PC and still running native 4K. It just isn't happening. Yeah, so... Like, we're not about burning a hole in your floor. To, to do a very unhumble brag, I've got yeah. a fucking beast of a PC. It costs, I don't know, around about two grand to build. How often will that do 60 frames a second at 4K? Um, quite often, but not as often as I'd like. Exactly. So I'm able to... It's got you know two of the best graphics cards in. It's got the best CPU. It's got you know, the best of all the best components, essentially, to play games. Um, and I bought it as an investment. That's going to last me a lot of years. It will. And uh, if I want to upgrade it, the parts are, you know, I can sell a part and then replace that part for not too much, for, you know, for a very marginal cost. Um, but um, your current graphics cards, which we got you 980s, right? Uh, yeah, 980 Ti's, and they're overclocked a little 980 bit. 980s. Each one of your 980 Ti's is still currently worth more than a PlayStation 4 Pro. Yeah, so I, um, I could essentially easy. sell a graphics card and buy a PlayStation Pro if I wanted, because I've got two graphics cards. and. Yeah. Yeah, running SLI. I mean, most games I can max out, put on 4K, and run at a smooth 60 uh, frames mm. per second. Some games that I, um, which tend to be like bad ports, for example, Just Cause <laughs> Dishonored. I haven't used it. I haven't tried Dishonored yet because of all the rumors of how bad it runs. Um, yeah. I think the developer said, you know, run it at 1080, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, on two fucking 980 Ti's. Good job. On on like one of the latest graphics cards, and, and that's just crazy. So, um, yeah, I mean, majority of good ports that come out today, I can play perfectly. Um, mm-hmm. So I can't see a you know four hundred pound piece of machinery performing. You know, knowing how much power it takes to power four K games, a uh, good quality. I think I, I don't think the ports are ready for four K yet. On, on, uh, on the big screen, I think we need to. I think the telling factor is going to be the first time we get a a game that is optimized for PS4 Pro and Xbox Scorpio or whatever. Um, yeah, and can that happen? Because that, our install base is big enough to target that and give a shitty experience. Yeah, 
But what I mean is, um, like, you're never going to tell the true difference mm. until you get a game that is both on PC and a good port, mm. and is on PS4 Pro and Scorpio, but is not a first-party game. Because, I mean, you could already do the comparison with uh, Gears of War 4, right? Gears of War 4, they're claiming, uh, will run on Xbox Scorpio at 4K. And actually, they're making a lot of bullshit claims about Xbox Scorpio. They're saying it's going to be running PC games at 4K. <laughs> I don't think so. Sorry about that, Microsoft. Uh, unless you're gimping them in some way. I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, like Gears of War you can't really take because they've obviously optimised it fucking heavily for Xbox, right? Otherwise it wouldn't be running the way it is. So you can't do a comparison there between Xbox and PC. But when we get that first third-party game that is optimised properly for the console and optimised properly for the PC, and then you can smack them both at 4K, that's when you're going to tell the difference. And I'm, I call it now, you heard it here first, that console version is going to look shitty in comparison. It's all well and good claiming native 4K, but it's native 4K at the cost of what? Like, it's either at frame rate or graphical fidelity. One of the two. That's the thing. They, they should have. I think they should have worked more on bringing like current games on PS4 and Xbox One uh, up to standard. Yeah, you know they're not running at 1080, 60 frames per second most of the time. You know, get current games running at what they should be without these big yeah. massive drops everywhere. Or, but then, absolutely, is that a problem with the game developers? Some some games it probably is, or is that a game with the actual hardware limitations? And of course that probably be the case in some other situations but yeah I, I think the big focus is getting the games good rather than you know adding four, four times as many pixels this is the thing like um, I'd like to I don't know the figures for how many games came out this year on Playstation and Xbox One uh, Playstation 4 and Xbox One I was I was really tempted to say piss false then I listened to <laughs> a thing where someone abbreviated PS4 to piss false and it just it sticks into my head <laughs> Um, yeah but there was uh, the sort of information that came out recently that this year Steam had more releases on it than it had previous titles if that makes sense so I think the figure was somewhere around 4,000 games released this year and that was more games than it previously had in its entire library was it something like uh, I think all the games on Steam, 60% of them were released this year, I think. Something like that. Yeah, some, something in the region of that. Which, I mean, there is a lot of bullshit in that number. Let's be clear, there's a lot of like clicker heroes and, and yeah. shit like that. A, a lot of that is because Steam is more of an open platform. You know, I could buy some Unity assets, bundle them into some demo and just release it on Steam, essentially. Yeah, it's probably a bit more oh, to it. You have to go that. through Greenlight. Yeah, you have to go through some sort of quality control. But you know, releasing a game on Steam has never been easier. It's, it's not easy by any standard. You know, it's not easy to do. If you've got like, enough yeah. friends to go on a social media campaign, you can get something through Greenlight in an instant. Like, yeah, you know, it's never been easier. Where if I want to release a game on Xbox or PS4, I'd need to go yeah. jump through so many hoops and buy a dev kit for like you know a few grand. I'm assuming or or convince them to loan me one based on my concepts. Um, I think it's a lot of money. Yeah, it used to be it used to be like ten, fifteen grand, but they've got a lot better over the years, and they are embracing indie developers, but only 
indie developers with um, contacts or indie developers who have a proven track record. The the indie term is so kind of vague these days, isn't it? It's not with, with the advent of like crowdfunding and and ways that these people can get hands on like thousands of thousands of pounds or dollars or whatever. Is indie still really indie anymore? Yeah. What what is an indie pendant developer? You know, is it P- Peter it. Molyneux's technically an indie, right? Is, is it? Yeah. You know, he's not owned by a big company is it you know what makes him an indie is it because he doesn't have allegiance to a big publisher well i guess he has a relationship with ea um yeah like i mean it's hard to tell you get these things like oh look at this new indie game it's like but is it i mean it's not that you should judge a game based on whether it's indie or not like you should just look at a game and see if you think it's cool and then play it if you do but like i don't know it just seems weird yeah, in, like, indie is such a strange term now. Where you know, hmm. well, I've got no idea what it means. How to differentiate between an indie developer and a corporate developer? You know, what's the opposite of an un, an un, an unindependent developer? Well, a corporate developer is one of the ones owned by one of the huge publishers, right? So we're talking Dice. Uh, we're talking yeah, like they're not independent, but Bioware. Uh, Lionhead before it shut would have been one of those. So is that the criteria? Basically, you're not owned by a bigger company. Now, I guess that means you you are independent because you know you're making. Yeah, but then I guess that doesn't also mean what it did five years ago. No, whereas just you know some guy in his bedroom. That's what I consider to be indie. Is that you know, yeah. not not a big team of people and several millions of investor money behind a concept. You know, it's some guy or a couple of guys just you know girls or whatever just working in a small team just making something in their spare time or hopefully being financially uh, financially sufficient at you know whatever they're doing let's yeah. do this uh what do you think is your favorite indie game favorite. ever and we're gonna do a countdown from free like a rock paper scissors type thing ah oh, favorite indie. ready Go on in. i'm gonna bash my hand at the same time Oh, what's the chat? Is it Jenkin? Bro. No, I can't remember. Three, two, one. Super Minecraft. Uh, I'll give you that, yeah. Yeah, well, it wasn't an indie game to begin with. Yeah, well, it was. Um, that um, it was when it was an indie game that I was a fan of it. Uh, I only say, I, I, I need to say Super Meat Boy, that was the first game that popped into my head. Because it yeah, was... Yeah, I mean, I know it's the obvious choice, but it was also one of the best made and sort of most prominent indie games that there has ever been mm. with the exception of maybe Fez uh, but then Phil Fish is a cunt so don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> I never followed any of the drama so I've got no idea my favourite was when he insulted all of the Japanese <laughs> <laughs> he went to a Japanese video games conference and spent the whole time insulting Japanese games <laughs> that's so funny because Japanese games are my favourite yeah they're pretty awesome. But no, uh, Minecraft started off as, uh, you know, it was not doing it as a hobby. And he had a lot of passion for it back then. Which yeah. now he's just like a billionaire Twitter troll. Like, he pretty much like Donald Trump. Uh, <laughs> he outbid Jay-Z on a house because of Minecraft money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because of Microsoft, Microsoft 
I, th- I think he done. I think the story is he um, tweeted like um, something like sarcastic, like oh, I'm sick of this. Anyone want to buy Minecraft? And the next day, Microsoft called him or called up his CEO and said, "Is he serious with this tweet?" Four point eight billion was it? Yeah, that sounds about right. It's like four point eight Instagrams. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's the thing. I kind of I like Minecraft, right? Even without all the fancy mods and tech it and whatever else, I like Minecraft. I don't have a desire to play it now that Microsoft owns it, purely because I've seen what they're doing, and it isn't what I want. Like they're doing, you know, they bought Telltale on board to do story mode, and fuck that noise! I want to go make a dirt house. Yeah, I think it lost a lot of its. Um... And I have to go through the fucking Windows Store now. Yeah, it's on on the plus side. It's not Java based, and it seems to be running a lot smoother because the mm. Java probably not Java's fault, but the implementation of it was pretty shitty. Surprisingly, pretty, the um, pretty hacky the Java version. This is there's so much lag on this call. <laughs> is it? <there>? Sorry. <laughs> Surprisingly, the Java version actually runs a lot worse since Microsoft bought it. That's, that's not a surprise. Probably to encourage people no. to yeah download a new one, but um, like. I was getting five frames a second on my PC in Minecraft on the Java version. Oh, wow. Which my PC is not as good as yours, but it should get a lot more than five frames a second. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a bad spec by, by any means. No. It's well above average. But no, Minecraft, I remember the feeling it gave me when I first started playing it. And it was just mm. such a unique concept, a unique game. It's nothing like it before, and it was just so open and free. And... Yeah. And yeah, it was just such so unique at the time. Obviously, now there's loads of games in that sort of genre where you explore, create, and gather resources. But it had such such perfect balance as well. And um, what I felt I like, like about it is when it started appealing to kids. Yeah, they started adding the horses and the llamas and uh, cakes and all that shit. And I think most of that was like the rise of the YouTuber though that brought all the kids in. Yeah, and like. <clears throat> that just like I used to run a servant. It used to be like a good group of people, was quite mature, and then gradually all the mature people well, left. And I got disagree with that. Well, not mature, but you know, like how old was I? I was like you know early twenties. Like people in their early twenties, not mature, but we were all of yeah. like an age of being cool. And then all of a sudden, mature people started leaving, and you know stopped doing cool things. And it was just loads of kids saying. Can I have admin powers? And you know, my uncle's notch. If you don't give me this, I'm going to ban you. So I go on. How much web do I need for a dedicated server? <laughs> yeah, you know, just for fun, Google Minecon. Dedicated S- wham. De- dedicated wham. I'll stick in the show notes anyway. But yeah, no, it's just when I look at Minecon, you know, it's just all these like young, super young kids who are just into it. It's just like this. You know, am I a creepy old guy in my late twenties, early thirties? Just <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, early thirties. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm 29. I'm 29. Oh shit! I thought I was 30 this year, but it turns out I'm 30 next year. So you're only a year older than me. Yeah, I know. I can't. We don't have a soundboard this week because we're we're having to use Skype because Germany doesn't like Dean and his internet. But I'm gonna get this because. Okay, so I think we might go ahead and get started with some Q and A now. Uh-oh. So we're gonna have. How do you know when somebody is acting as if they were a good person, but in reality they're technically 
<laughs> yeah. God damn. So that's a, that's a, oh no, that's a question from the Minecon Q&A session with some young kid asking like the deepest question in life. You know. Yeah, it's so fucking deep. We all want to know how do you tell a good person from a bad person. You're never going to find out, kid. You're never going to find out. For sure. That's, um, this, is, this is life now. Yeah. Yeah, how do, I, I want to say the answer to that. You know, how the hell do you answer like an eight-year-old kid? You know, asking how do you tell the difference between a good person and a bad person online? I don't know, but it turns out you can actually search for dedicated wham on YouTube. You can. It's a meme. It's a meme now. It exists. It's a thing that happened. Next question on this left side. Um, I was wondering, um, what's the recommended amount of dedicated wham I should have to server. <laughs> <laughs> I should have to server. I feel bad for ripping out of him, but it's the bit where his like voice breaks down and he just loses trailer fault and he's like, "How much RAM do I need to server?" You know, he's obviously asking how much RAM do you need to have a server. And I don't know why he's asking that because, yeah, because yeah, I've run Minecraft servers, so you know you allocate. Go dedicated ram dedicated to the java process so you know java can yeah. access two gigabytes of ram or java can access four gigabytes of ram because java's like a little virtual java virtual machine it's called it's got its own resources that you allocate to it so he's asking how much resources do you want to allocate to it it's typically it's like as much as you can afford a, i think you're assuming gender i think that's a girl um never mind is it but how much I know dedicated got, ram uh, do you uh, use uh, um, I used to use two gig. I think it used to be fine, or maybe Unless four gig. Wham. I can't remember. Yeah, I'm just making notes. Wham so has yeah. a rum. It's a rum. Wham, as in you know. Wham, as in last Christmas I gave you my heart, George Michael. Gold. Or oh, was that Spandau Ballet? A Spandau, a Spandau Ballet, a Spandau Ballet. It's a good song, though. It's not George Michael. It is. I do like Spandau Ballet. Uh... Gold. Always believe in yourself. Oh man, I feel powerful when I sing that. I feel like Beyonce. Must it feel is like a <laughs> 80s power anthems. It's, it's awesome. Big fan of the 80s. So, um, what else should we talk about? Was there anything else? We, we, oh, we I'm, pl- I'm playing Civilization Six. Party Sony games. Oh, you are right. Yeah. Um, I would be. Yeah, let's let's pivot to. Um, it's on my Steam account, so there's no excuses. But, um, oh, no, there yeah, is. Uh, uh, I, I was foolish enough to play Civ Five at launch, and that was a bad plan. Um, so I, for a Civ game now, I generally tend to wait until there's been the balance patches and maybe a couple of little add-ons. Like, because Civ Five wasn't much cop until uh, Gods and Kings and A Brave New World were added. And now it's like a great game. So I'm, I'm assuming the same is going to happen with this. Like, it might look really cool now. It's probably going to be much cooler down the line. Okay, I can I can dig that. But, um, yeah, so Plus I can I've got Civ 5, but I could never get into it. Oh. I could never get, actually get into Civ 5. Um, it's my first ever Civ game. I played it with no tutorial no idea what i was doing and it was just like it's kind of complicated 
Yeah, it's, it's such a complex, deep game. Um, so I gave it a miss. And then Civ Six came out, and I was like, eh, should I play it, should I not? And then um, a friend of mine links me to, or gave me a copy of this illegal pirated version. Oh. Um, I thought, okay. Yeah, I'm a naughty boy. And I thought, okay, I'll I'll play it. I'll give it a go and see what it's like. And he told me like, a few things have changed. It's a lot simpler and a lot easier to understand for newbies and whatever. So I was like, whatever, I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll install mm. it. Um, much to my better judgment of pirating and shit. But, um, you know, I wasn't going to spend money on it. Yeah, I wasn't going to spend money on this game anyway because... I was very unsure and I didn't really like the first game or the fifth game. <clears throat> so, there's nothing um, stopping them from making a demo. There isn't, no. Um, yeah, I've had a demo. That's, that's the thing. Uh, and anyway, I, I installed this pirate copy. I played it, um, went in knowing not much about it, and I really started to enjoy it. And then my friend's like, okay, now you like it, let's play online together. He's like, oh shit, I've got a pirate version, I can't do that. So I know, I'll buy the game. So I ended up buying the game, which I never would have done cool. if I hadn't have pirated it. Um, so I'm not saying that you know, piracy is good, we should all pirate things before we play it, but you know, it was just... No. If there was more legal ways to play it, or test it, I would have. Um, I would have definitely um... done that, but... I think a lot of games use their beta as the demo these days, but there definitely isn't enough. And I still think, like, for instance, I can't say the same about Sony and Microsoft, but Steam and Valve are very good about game refunds at the moment. We were in, mm. uh, if you've had the game for less than, I say, I think two weeks, and you've played it for less than two hours, you get a refund. Uh, I don't think that's good enough, though. As no, we've seen I with don't games want like to. No Man's Sky. Yeah, like a game like Civilization is a complex game and it eats up time. And two hours is, you know, two Barely hours doesn't let you. It doesn't let you scratch the surface. You know, I've sunk no. so many hours into this game. Like me and my mate were playing, and then all of a sudden it was like three a.m. It's like, dude, I've got to go to sleep now. <laughs> and yeah. you know, where did all that time go? You know, we just took a few turns or whatever, and. You know, it's one in very addictive games. Right? Just, just five more minutes, five more minutes, five more minutes, and like three hours later, you know, you've got a kingdom or whatever. So it's one in games where you know two hours isn't enough, and I don't want to see the refund policy as a trial. I don't want to say, okay, no, here's my money. No, that's not what it's there for. No, exactly. It's it's there for you know if the game doesn't work or run. And I tell you what, I was very. I, lo- I loved Dishonored One. The um, the game Dishonored 1 mm. and recently Dishonored 2 came out and I was crazy about that I really wanted to play it I really wanted to play it whatever um, okay. one it's got the Demovo um, uh, I would have bought it anti-tamper production yeah yeah, yeah I would have bought the game like a launch but I waited because I'm a good boy and found out they had loads of performance problems and like loads of people complain online about how it's a bad port and what all that kind of shit so i was like okay yeah. i'm not gonna buy this game but if there was a pirate version available i would pirate it i would okay. run it on my own pc i didn't see if their performance problems are problems that i experience yeah i mean the recommended specs obviously can't be trusted 
um, when you have people out there who you can confirm have the recommended spe specs and aren't reaching like uh, acceptable levels of quality or frame rate in game. Like uh, this is why demos are needed. People shouldn't have to pirate or abuse a refund policy to test the game before they play it. Yeah, Especially I'd rather just not give you my money. And... Yeah, I mean, that's right. Yeah, I... so if there was a demo available, I'd play it, test it, and if it ran fine, I'd buy it in a heartbeat. Um, Same. If I it was available to pirate, to I would... Yeah. Same, if it's yeah, available to pirate, I'd do the same. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like to advocate for piracy, but in, in some cases, like, my hardware is getting a bit old now. And while I might re meet the recommended specs, it might be a bit sketchy either way. I'll give something a pirate and just see if that works. I'm not going to keep it. I'll buy the it thing about, I'm an adult and I've got disposable income. The thing about like recommended specs and minimum specs, they come from like a very dated time where you know PCs were very primitive. You know, you need the 486 processor and you need 16 gigs of RAM. Oh, sorry, like, you know, 16 mega RAM or 32 mega RAM. You know, it's very like primitive but now yeah. there's so much more variety and so much more that goes into making the game run they should have you know kind of these are the minimums you need to run it at this resolution at this performance level yeah there's never any well, you know, if you don't mind of... if you don't mind yeah like i think there's, there's you know like recommended a... should be like 1080 or 60 frames and minimum should be this is the minimum you need to have it run at 720 yeah. 30 frames for example that's it. Like, there's never any indication of what you're going to get from these recommended specs. For instance, like, there's people I know who meet the recommended specs on Dishonored 2 and are getting 1080p, not even 30 frames a second. Like, But it's running, so... <laughs> it's yeah. running, so I guess they technically are correct. The game is <laughs> running, running subpar. But these people got one of the Steam refunds immediately anyway. Like, they don't fuck around like that. Which is fine. Um, I kind of wish that I saw through the No Man's Sky bullshit before the two hours. I would have immediately got a refund on that. Mm, I don't agree with that from my perspective because I... Well, I wasn't happy with the end game. I did enjoy the journey to it. So I got like a good... There isn't an end game. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... So by the end game, I mean the lack of end game and the lack of, yeah. you know, what the marketing material was promised or whatever, or what marketing material was implied. But um, I, I really, I, I enjoyed the game to what, you know, for the 30, 40 hours I played it. So I think I don't feel bad spending money on it. But um, I find that as I grow older, um, I'm more interested in games that uh, are going to last me a long time. I don't think that's like a, a monetary thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just think that's... I'm kind of tired of dipping into games real quick and then dipping out. Like, I think this is part of the thing that drags me to finding like the the first-person shooter that suits me most. It's probably why I've stuck with Team Fortress so long. Um, and it's probably why I'll stick with Overwatch for quite a long time because I've actually found myself you know, going online now and looking at map tactics and stuff while I'm waiting to get the game for Christmas. Um, and it's what drags me into games like Rust that I just started playing, because, you know, you make something, you build on it, and you continue building, kind of like Minecraft. 
I mean, this is just something that's happening to me as I grow older. Like, I still enjoy those little quick indie experiences that are a few quid. Mm. Like, uh, the Stanley Parable. You played that, right? Oh, I've played that lots of times. I'm pointing that's at you if you can see me. <laughs> you can't. I can't. You can see me. But yeah, like, I still enjoy games like that. Yeah, I can. I, don't, I think sometimes yeah. I think you forget about it. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I like I like two kind of games. I like games that are sh- um, short story-based experiences, like Tomb Raider, Uncharted, Last of Us. Yeah, you know where I can just play through, and then long games like that you can just sink hours into, like Just Cause, Grand, mm. Grand Theft Auto. I'm I'm playing Grand Theft Auto Five again for the first time cool. in a few years, and uh, you know I'd normally do. A mission, then I fuck around for like half an hour, just driving around in the sandbox, just piss around with things. And then I'll do like another story-based mission, I'll do like a side mission, and then I'll just mess around and get the cops on me, steal their tanks, and blow shit up. And it's just like cool. a nice game, it's just a stress relief, yeah. Nice. But, um, yeah, I like either long game, one long game, or a couple of long games that I can just chill out to over a long period. Uh, Milk is Solid's one of them at the moment, Milk is Solid 5. Or any short story based experiences where it's very linear and I'm just progressing through the story. I to finish that game so bad. I saw a cutscene that I think might spoil things for me. Well, you saw a cutscene outside of the game? Yeah, on YouTube. Okay. What was it? Um, was it the rain okay. cutscene? Yeah. You saw it. You saw it replaced with characters from another game, didn't you? I did, yeah. <laughs> so there's this there's this cutscene where it said "quiet rain scene," so I'm assuming it's quiet. Mm-hmm. Who is the uh, spoiler alert? She's some sort of sniper that can't get wet because she breathes through her skin, and if she gets water on her, she suffocates because yes. Hideo, because of Hideo Kojima and his brilliant, brilliant, crazy randomness. He had to have a reason why she's half naked all the time. Yeah, she's not half naked because that's still his video game. She's half naked because she has to breathe for her skin and she can't have it covered. So she can't get wet. So she's allergic sure. to water. So anyway, there's this cutscene where she's dancing around in the water. And and um, then Snake comes and does a little dance with her and then she disappears. But someone's ripped the models out of... PT, playable trailer, the Silent Hills game. So instead of Snake and Quiet, it's Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead, the snake, and the the witch person from the playable trailer from PT. Um, like I don't know if she's got a name. She does have a name. Is Fuck. she a witch or a mother or something she's like that? She's the main character's dead wife. Oh, okay, so yeah, she's like a really creepy woman, and there's just loads of fetuses everywhere because you get a little fetus in uh, PT. Yeah. So in the old man's voice is really cool. It does, yeah. It's, it's really uh, it pissing me off a lot. I'm going to talk about it in a minute, but um, yeah, like the birds in the sky are replaced with fetuses, and the guns are replaced with fetuses, and it starts raining fetuses at one point, I think. But mm. no, that really pissed me off. That that's such a influential piece of gaming history even though it's just a trailer 
PT, um, uh, yeah. PT, yeah, and it's just gone. It's gone forever. And it's... PT represented something that doesn't happen very often, which is mm. uh, you have this long-standing, long-standing IP, be it Silent Hill in this case, or it, you know, it could just as, just as easily have been a Resident Evil, or it could have been a Dino Crisis, or something like that. Um, so you have this sort of long-standing IP and then an outside developer comes into it to inject it with some new flavour. And what we got in the in the shape of that trailer, which I think is quite evident by the fact that people are still playing it and searching for secrets in it, even though you can finish it in like an hour. <laughs> um, what we got in that trailer was a, a, a brief glimpse into how fucking incredibly good Silent Hill could possibly be if Hideo Kojima... And uh, Guillermo del Toro got their hands on it. What they managed to capture in that tiny, tiny little uh, trailer was just... It wasn't even like Silent Hill gameplay. The uh, theme and atmosphere, which is so hard to get right in a survival horror game, was perfect. Fucking perfect. Mm. I tell you what, I felt horror and fear in it. And I was just literally watching a YouTube video of it. Yeah, you haven't played it. I wasn't... I've played through it. It's, um, it's a bit Is it nasty. PS3 or PS... It's PS4, isn't it? PS4, yeah. It was one PS4, of those... PS4, yeah, um, so... Was it PSX two years ago where they were like, oh, look at this trailer. By the way, you can download it right now, which they love to do. They do that all the time. Yeah, it just got put out randomly for download and no one knew who it was, you know, and you had to actually complete it to realise it was Silent Hill. So it was just called PT, Playable Trailer. But no one knew Silent Hill. Oh, Silent Hills. Oh, yes, this one's Silent Silent Hills, Hills, isn't it? It wouldn't have had a a tagline instead of like Silent Hill 5, whatever, it would have been just Silent Hills. Yeah, so it was just an amazing piece of... Yeah, it's an amazing piece of video game history and it pisses me off that it's gone. That, you know, I can't download it today, I can't pay for it today. Konami ruined it. Yeah. Yeah. um, But I've... Oh, you can play it. it. We might be able to play it in Japan. In the form of a pachinko machine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because there is a Silent Hills pachinko machine complete with, like, Dural and... uh, and all the new art assets from that from that PT. Um, Wait until I take yeah, you that to. Makes a... me sad every day. <laughs> I'm going to take you to a pachinko emporium. I think that's what they call. It. I don't know what they call really. A little pachinko house. I like pachinko. Where... No, I'm going to take you there, and it's um, it's absolutely crazy. It's just so loud, so noisy. Mm. Yeah, just crazy. Crazy and weird, and yeah, we'll go to one. But yeah, bring it back round to Kojima. They had another trailer for... Oh yeah. Before we jump into that, because I know what that is, I just want to chuck something in there. Um, I like to hype indie games where I can, and this one definitely is an indie game. If you liked PT, and you liked the look of where Silent Hills was going, you need to go and check out a game called Allison Road. This game looks tight, and back to Dean. Yeah, it does. It does look a uh, pretty good game. Like they've kind of emulated what PT tried to do or was attempting yeah. to. 
I guess do it, it does look as really a cool. full game. It got cancelled and now it's back. So fingers yeah. crossed so, it gets finished and comes out. If it turns out it's shit, they're going to blame it on the um, troubled the development economy. cycle. Yeah, probably. But a uh, troubled development cycle because it got cancelled. They cancelled their Kickstarter and went to the publisher, which was a bad move. Um, probably. I mean, they lose their creative freedom, possibly, in some ways, but then they can get other resources and contacts or whatever, so I don't know. Yeah. At the end of the day, they want the best option for them and hopefully the best option for the game. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so there's a Death new Stranding. trailer for Death Stranding. Is it Stranding? Death Standing, Death Stranding, Ratchet and Clonk. Um, Death Stranding. No idea. Yeah. Death Stranding, okay. So yeah, there's a new trailer for it, and it had Gilmaro del Toro holding a fetus baby in a jar. Yep. It had armies walking the street, uh, roaming the streets, and then it had Mads Mikkelsen, Mads Mikkelsen and the... Is it Mads Mikkelsen? Yeah. Is that what I said? Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen and... This skulls team doing stuff with umbilical cords. Yeah, the umbilical cords coming out of him into these weird army zombie people. I guess I don't quite know hmm. what what happened, Carl. What happened? I don't know. I don't know. I think what happened in the trailer is less important than what happened when you synced up the original trailer and the new one. Right? That's the story that everyone's talking about at the moment. Um, so the original trailer had Norman Reedus of Walking Dead and Silent Hills fame uh, sort of slavering himself up in oil and <laughs> there was a dead whale in the background and, and he was holding a baby and the baby disappeared and and the trailer was very weird and no one quite knew what was going on. And then so the new trailer comes out, it's got Guillermo del Toro in it. Um, Guillermo del Toro is running through kind of what looks like a war-torn area. This oil is around, and there's a tank with tentacles coming out of it. That's kind of weird. But then he has this kind of tub <laughs> in his hands, and a baby appears in it. And now if you play the original trailer and the new trailer, the uh, original trailer and the new trailer next to each other, it turns out that when Norman Reedus sort of loses his baby... The baby appears in Guillermo del Toro's little pot. So, I mean, a lot of people are thinking this is like alternate reality or alternate universe kind of setting. I mean, let's be clear, this is Hideo Kojima. He could literally do anything. It might be the yeah, most batshit yeah. insane thing anyone's ever seen. I don't think guessing is going to do it any justice whatsoever. It's going to be what it is. No, I kind um, of don't want to, but it gets thrust in my no. face all the time, you know? You know what? I am so sold on this game, just purely because it says Hideo Kojima on top. I do not want to hear any more about it until it's released and I can just play it. I don't want... You can know, we, sold uh, right now, Codename Chicken embargo on uh, Death Stranding? Uh, I'd love to, but... You know, I know as soon as a new trailer drops, I'm going to watch it because... You can watch it, you just can't talk about it on the podcast. Okay, maybe. Deal? I'm shaking your hand by slapping my screen. (laughs) Rubbing your face. Is that because you're not going to... You don't want to hear him anymore? Or you don't want to talk about it? I love 
Hideo Kojima's output and have always. The games in the Metal Gear series that I don't like typically are ones that he's not involved with, which I think speaks enough about that. Like I, Metal Gear has been such a huge part of my life and it actually fucking sucked what Konami did to him. Like This game, I have full trust in him. He's one of the few developers that I trust implicitly to make a game that I will enjoy playing. Like, I played PT and then I was like, okay, I'll put that down and now I'll forget about it until it comes out and I'll enjoy it. And it got cancelled. Um, but yeah, I don't want to... This isn't one of those games where I want to go diving into it to find out what's going on before it releases. Mm. Even though that's what Kojima wants me to do and I know it. He's going to drop teasers left, right and centre forever. Uh, but yeah, I just want to wait and then when it comes out, I'll play it on... Uh, Fact with no distractions, no uh, influences from the outside, and then decide what I feel afterwards. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Kojima, he is such an artist. Like, even the marketing materials he puts out are just so out there and so <laughs> so leading in the way that he wants to lead you. He's so mental. thoughtful. He's very thoughtful of, you know, what he's trying to portray and what the goal, you know, the goal of this is to portray something that he wants us to see and not something that's going to spoil the overall game or, you know, it just leaves you asking more questions and answers. You know, we have no idea what kind of game this is. It could be a, um, I don't know. You remember how he announced Metal Gear 5? Yeah, was it the hospital scene? It was, um, he made up a production studio called Moby Dick Studios. Yep. And he showed a trailer for the hospital scene from Metal Gear 5. And he went on the stage wearing the bandaged mask of the guy from the hospital trailer. <laughs> <laughs> and he called himself Yo Kim something, which was a, uh, an anagram. You jumb- <laughs> yeah. Anagram, yeah. When you jumble it up, it's Hideo Kojima. The man is an artist through and through, like you say. Uh, I, yeah, I, I fully entrust, I, I trust him to make this a fantastic game, and I feel like this is his first game where he's had like one hundred percent creative freedom because it's his studio. Yeah, he's got a bit of help from Sony, but he's by no means under Sony's thumb, as best we can tell. No, of um, course not. Sony are the best um, at throwing money at a project and saying. You know, tr- putting trust into the artist and say, do something good and original. Like, you know, yeah, um, Shadow of the Colossus. Absolutely. If you would have pitched Shadow of the Colossus to. How can you describe that? Yeah, you know, how can you get a game pitch, go into a boardroom, uh, speak to some EA execs, Activision, Microsoft, whatever, and say, okay, so you're this main character and there's 11 people to fight, or, you know, 11 monsters to fight. Like, what? Just 11 monsters in the whole game? Yeah, just 11 monsters. They're just all boss fights. So, but there's no overworld, no collectibles, no. This, no, that, no, you know, it just wouldn't sell. It does have all of that that you just said. It does have an overwhelm and it does have collectibles. No, no, I mean, like, is there collectibles? Yeah, little lizards, they make you stronger. Oh, oh yeah, it's like little lizards, but, you know, like, you know what I mean by collectibles, you know, like... Yeah, I, trophies and coins and find all the chickens and whatnot. Um, yeah, no, I make you right completely. You can't... Shadow of the Colossus doesn't pitch very well. I feel like they must have had something to show in the pitch they must have done and like I'd love to see what all the background board meetings are around the last Guardians develop, development cycle you know I know um, 
Fumito, Fumito Ueda, I'm sure that's his name, uh, who runs Japan Studio, or did until recently, because <laughs> he got laid off quite a while ago, but he's still on for Last Guardian. Um, yeah, I know development has been troubled, <clears throat> mostly because he wanted to make it more than what it possibly could be, from what I can tell. He wanted this very grand thing that just couldn't be done on PS3 like it wouldn't have happened mm. we know that the PS3 is more powerful than it let on but it's not that powerful um, yeah so then it gets the PS4 timeline and what we're two years into PS4 now right I think uh, two or three years maybe something like that um, and it still didn't make an appearance so it wasn't until about uh, say like 18 months into PS4's life cycle that it was confirmed that Last Guardian was actually still coming and still coming out. To my mind, you know, they've just capped it, finished it off, and then it got laid again for a little PS4 Pro push, and I think that's it. It's been a yeah. messy, messy history with this game. Yeah, I bet there's a lot of stories to tell. I hope there's like a book or something that comes out that details some of the things I haven't yeah, over the last I hope bits. so. I hope so. When they did uh, the, the HD remakes of Ico and... Shadow of the Colossus, there was um, a second, either a second disc or I think you put it in your PS3 and it saved a bunch of videos to your hard drive, like uh, of development of the old games and development of The Last Guardian was on there as well, surprisingly, (laughs) Um, which was, you know, really interesting looking at the way they work and the way that sort of stuff gets done in the meetings and that was pretty cool to watch. I would love, yeah, like a detailed book of behind the scenes of development on uh, Last Guardian would be pretty fucking interesting, I reckon. Yeah, I think Sony have, um, they've been very tolerant with that studio. You know, not many people can can lead a game on for like, you know, 11 years worth of development. And they've had no other releases apart from the Shadow Colossus Ico HD remake. It's an arm of Sony, uh, Japan Studio. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's one of their developers, but... It's not even yeah. like it's one of the developers they bought on. It's their own development house. Like, they made it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know that. But, you know, to have mm. nothing to produce after 11 years of development, that's... That's a lot of money. You know, could you have a job where, like, you make something and you don't actually make anything for 11 years? You just... I'm wondering if it's kind of Valve-like where these people aren't being paid specifically to work on Last Guardian. They're maybe being paid to work on other projects at the same time. You know, possibly, possibly, maybe they're because uh, you. You're right. An employer doesn't let you alone for eleven years to do jack shit. Yeah, you know, you know, after a few years, like, come on, have you got a game to ship yet? You know, we want to do a big push for whatever, or you know, whatever. Yeah, we've got this new console coming out. Is it? Is it nearly red? Because we want to, you know, get people on this new console now. Now that you've missed, can it, it do? <laughs> can it do hashtag four K? If not, I'm not interested. Yeah, so yeah, or well maybe we can delay it for the PS5. I don't know, but oh, God, it's only going to be like three years away if that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm waiting for the PS5 Pro. With the yeah, PS5 Pro 8K. The Last of Us Six. Mm. It's going to ramp up. I can see it coming. <laughs> but um, let's uh, let's calm this down and uh, Did... calm it down, tune it out, switch it off. Should we do the outro? Yeah, I mean, you do it better than me, so I'll let you do it. Shall I just, just rift it off? Just do it all. Okay. Smack it. Let's, let me get my timer out. We'll see how quick you can do it. 
Okay, so um, first of all, thank you for listening to week eight of Codename Chicken. You've been amazing yep. audience. Um, it'd help us out if you leave a review or something like that on iTunes. Hopefully say something good. If not, say something bad. We'll still read it. Or uh, just rate it. Or just rate it. That, that would be brilliant as well. Um, you can find us at codenamechicken.church or at Codename Chicken on Twitter or slash Codename Chicken on Facebook. Facebook? Facebook. 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 Just fucking... This is face, Sean Connery. Sean Connery's Facebook. You're the man now, dog. <laughs> and then you can email us, cluck at codenamechicken.church. You can find me yeah. on Twitter at Crafty Dino. You can find Carl on Twitter at PissPound. Yes, I'm, I might change it again, but I won't until the next one. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just not It's not really sort of my core ideals, is it? PissPound. <laughs> Although I guess it sort of is. <laughs> I've got no idea what your car ideas are anymore. Mostly piss. And pants. Uh, what about piss pants, euro? Yeah. Piss euro? Piss dollar? Piss euro. Piss yen? Piss yen. Yeah. Yen piss. They might not let me in the country if I start knocking the yen. I let Phil Fish in, so I think you're okay. Oh, Phil Fish. Yeah, man, you should go watch that interview. He, um, he starts ripping Japanese games to pieces at a Japanese video games conference. <laughs> it's cringy and funny and hilarious um so i guess before we go apologies for the last one being a bit late especially for the yeah we it, that was my fault i got drunk and had an asthma attack so i didn't put out like the uh the facebook, out the post. facebook post or anything on time yeah. no, I, I don't think we should uh, lock ourselves a schedule to say it'll be there when it's there and when it's there it'll be the most magical time of your of your week I think as long as it doesn't say any more than eight days on the little Google thing, <laughs> okay. Yeah, we normally keep it like you know, around about once a week um, or thereabouts. At least once a week, yeah. But um, yeah, there's no strict time schedule. It's ready when it's ready, and yeah. For sure, um, you're in. Are you also in Germany next week? I'm in Germany next week, so I apologise in advance. We haven't got our normal setup, so normally we use a thing called Zencaster. But my German internet blocks it for some reason, so I can't get it yeah, working. So I had to install Skype to talk to Dean. So yeah, we're using uh, Skype. I've not got my fancy microphone, so I'm using my iPhone headphones, so I might sound a bit more rubbish than usual. Apologies for that. And also the editing won't be as good. But apart from that, everything's fine. Yeah, everything's great. Everything's, Don't worry about every, it. Everything's fine, apart from all the things that are actually not fine at all. My side for once will actually be kind of crisp and nice because I'm using my good microphone. I don't have a cold this week. Yay. I'm kind of, lo- I'm kind of losing my voice. I don't know why. I think it's because I'm getting like plain sickness. You know when you're I on... am as well. I'm on a week off work and um, I've been, because st- I work nights, I've been sticking to my night schedule <laughs> and but also drinking heavily and playing lots of games. <laughs> so it's not working well at the moment. I'm pretty ill <laughs> actually. <laughs> Just not in the way that you'd think. <laughs> Okay, so I've actually got something I want to talk about before we well, end the I mean, show. It's kind of the wrong time for that, isn't it? No, fuck it. If people listen this far, they can listen a little bit longer. If you're uh, for two hours and ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if you're one of the very few people who's listened this far, then you deserve... Hi, Mum. You, hi, Mum. You, des- you deserve a funny story. So, I met a woman from Ghana on my flight to Germany. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, didn't, I haven't mentioned this yet. And I'm going to put a little picture in the show notes. Show notes are at codenamechicken.church slash eight. Eight. 
Eight. Eight. Eight. So, um, eight. eight. Yeah, it's very echoey because I'm in like a big giant empty room, so it's really echoey here. The lag doesn't help. The lag doesn't help at all. So, in Skype. So, my flight to Germany. Um, I had two flights. One flight from my airport to Amsterdam, and then Amsterdam to Dusseldorf. So, um, there's this woman who sat next to me. She was from Ghana. It's the first flight she's ever took. She flew from Ghana to Germany. Oh, sorry, Ghana to Amsterdam. And then she was joining me from Amsterdam to Ghana. I've never met before in my life. We just randomly sat next to each other. And I was sat against a window. And my normal routine for flying is put on my noise-canceling headphones, close my eyes, and then pretend that I'm in the, you know, going to like a zen-like state. <laughs> and just pretend that I'm not anywhere until I've landed. So then the uh, airplane starts moving because it's going to take off. And then all of a sudden I feel something on my leg. Uh, it's this woman's hand and she's actually grabbing my leg. And then she moves her hand up a little bit higher to my neck, you know, towards my crotch area. I was like, okay, it's not what I bargained for. I can see your wedding ring on the uh, Skype call. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, you can. There you go. There you go. Thinking is married, ladies and gentlemen. I am married. Yeah, oh yeah, I should really mention that. I am married. I'm not looking to get in the Mile High Club. Um, at least not with this woman, maybe with my wife, but I don't think she'd uh, be game for that, unfortunately. <laughs> but, I, but I'll digress anyway. Um, she won't listen this far, so I'm, I'm off the hook. So anyway, yeah, so, she's, she, so this woman's like grabbed my leg, and then I was like, okay. Um, she looked really nervous, and she was kind of like praying before we started moving so i uh, you know maybe she's like a religious type or you know she's she's obviously very nervous and then the plane starts taking off and then she just grabs me she just holds my arm puts her and just puts her head on my shoulder and then just like kind of cuddles me and then i'm just sitting there my eyes still closed and my headphones on listening to um this can sound really pathetic i was listening to simple minds they got this new acoustic album out, so it's like an acoustic version of like a live. Oh shit! I was I thought you were going to say "Simple Mind" by Lim Kim because I've been listening to that a lot recently. <laughs> no, no, the old eighties band "Simple Mind." So don't you forget about me, that kind of thing. So they've got this new acoustic album out. It's all acoustic. It's pretty cool. Um, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, really good covers of their classic songs in acoustic style. So I was like listening to that, and then I like looked at her, and then like she just looks at me. And we just looked at each other, and then I just looked forward, and then she was just just sat there, just hugging me like a thing. And I was like, "Are you okay?" And she's like, "This is my second time flying. I'm, I don't like flying." And then she said, um, "Are we at the right level yet?" I was like, "She's like the going up bit and the going down bit." No, no. So it was like, she's asking, like, "Are we at the right level yet?" I looked out the window, and the horizon was like at a forty-five degree angle because it was still because <laughs> <laughs> it was going up. Basically, I was like. Uh, not yet, because uh, when will we be at the right level? It's like, uh, I don't know, ask the pilot. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just a passenger here, I don't know. Uh, I'm assuming soon, because, you know, we're going up, and eventually we'll hit the up, and we'll just be up, and, you know, we'll just go forward, and everything will even out, and then we'll go back down again. That's how planes work. It's like yeah. a, a yeah. trapezoid, you just go like, hup, 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 yeah. plane go done. Plane goes up, planes go, planes go down, and that's what happens. It's just said, um... You know, are we at the right level? It's like, trust me, you'll know if you're not at the right level. Yeah. And then um, it's funny because as the plane's accelerating, uh, sorry, ascending, 
it does this turn thing where like the it, it turns like to change direction and then thanks yeah she just shit herself basically she's like grabbed hold of me tighter and just like sunk her head into me i was like come on get off me i don't know you no you liked it really it, it, it was nice to feel wanted for once and to <laughs> <laughs> good thing your wife's not listening this far <laughs> it, it was nice to, right. to, to have the hugs and attention but no it, it really bothered me because i spent three thousand air miles to upgrade my seat into to premium <laughs> does this mean you're not upgrading the flight to japan and leaving us behind did you already do that? Oh, I haven't done that. I might do that. I haven't decided. I can yet. see in your face you're probably going to do that. You bastard. I might. I might do that. It's it's a long flight, so I like my comfort. But then if like, if I upgrade it and I'm sat next to some woman who hugs me for a, like 15 hour flight, I'm going to be yeah. Really or you upgrade off. it and you ditch me and my housemate back in economy and leave us like the chumps that we are. <laughs> while you're fucking laughing it up in business like a bastard. Yeah, I, I, I tell you what, I, I like paying a bit extra because one i can guarantee a window seat and i love window seats because i like looking out the window for entertainment i like taking some photographs of the scenery of this you know skyline or whatever and then i like just leaning against the window to fall asleep which you can't lean against the window if you're in the aisle or the uh no. middle seat so you i get that nice cold <clears throat> bit on the window yeah um two I'm going to spend a week with you in tokyo living together and going out together and whatnot i don't need to spend 15 hours next year on a plane Okay. I'm, I'm going to have my quality call time. Don't worry. We don't have to spend all that time sitting next to each other on a plane um, doing whatever. Okay. 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 <laughs> and in third... Well, I mean, I, I see how it is. Yeah, yeah. And in third, third, if, if I pay extra, I get to sit at the front of the plane, which means I get the food first, I get the drinks first, and then I can go to sleep first and not have to wait for them to go right down like, the whole plane's aisle to... to uh, Cunt. Do stuff. Yeah, and plus you get extra leg room and it's a bit more comfortable. Yeah, and... I, no, I get it, I get it. <laughs> yeah, no, I've not decided yet. I might do that, I might not. I'm not, I'm not We're sure. ending the show now before we end our friendship. <laughs> God, I've pissed everyone off, haven't I? So yeah, long story short, some woman hugged me on a plane, unsolicited, and I don't know her name. I would have vomited everywhere. I hate, I'm so awkward, I can't stand that shit. Like, someone touches me in public, I'm like, no, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming it's like uh, in. I asked my friend who's got family from Ghana, and he's like half Ghanese or whatever it's called. He's Ghanaian. Ghanaian. He um, he said, "Oh yeah, like that's part of the culture. There's no real like personal space etiquette. It's just like, oh yeah, you, you can just like, hug someone, or just you know, just walk up and just touch him, and that's fine. That's disgusting. Yeah, it's, it's someone who. I'm not, I'm not mocking someone's culture. I'm saying that I literally could not handle that on a day to day basis. As, as someone who enjoys personal space and avoiding mm. people to the point where, you know, I will order stuff online and not go to a shop and I won't use yeah. public transport when I, you know, if, if possible because I don't want to sex people and I don't want to do that because I'm such an introverted, socially awkward. Uh, whatever. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. I think we should wrap it up now. We're done. We've recorded for nearly two hours and 15 yeah. minutes. So thanks for listening. You can find us. Dean's got editing to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll fuck that. I'll stick up as it is. We're not putting a two-hour episode out, Dean. Oh, I'm not cutting things out. Why not? Why can't Carl be the editor this week? I offered to edit, and you said, no, 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 I'll do it. I've got a copy of whatever it was. And I was like, I'll do it in Audacity. It's fine. It's perfect. No, no, I'll do it. I've got my posh program, so you can do it. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it then. <laughs>